Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. So what article do you have for us today, Katina? Yes. So today I am going to be talking about a new article on leader self-compassion um, and how showing compassion to yourself as a leader might help you to do better at helping others at work. I love that. I'm so curious to hear about this. I think, um, I don't know. I think every time we talk about leadership, it's not always self-focused. So I'm very curious to see what like taking care of yourself as a leader can do. Yeah, it's really interesting because they talk in the article and we can get into it a little bit more then. Um, but we talk, they talk in the article a lot about how um, leaders often feel as if they need to be like um, always like on top of it and like they're 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 the last people that need help right like that they need to basically always be giving to others but not necessarily taking time um, for themselves and this article shows that doing that might actually make you better at your job so it's a good case for leaders to actually take time to do something that they don't often do, which is to set aside some dedicated time to take care of themselves. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm excited to hear all about that. Um, Before we dive in, what is going on with you? How are you doing today? I am good. Everything is good. Um, The week is going pretty well. Um, Kind of a little bit of a busier week, uh, but still good. And hanging in there, not really anything too out of the ordinary or, um, you know, too exciting going on. I feel like it's just like meetings and doing stuff. <laughs> and yeah, that's kind you of have it. your anniversary trip coming up, though, right? I know. That'll be fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in a couple of weeks, we'll be going to the Inn at Little Washington. We watched a documentary about it to get ourselves excited. Um, so that was fun. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I made some reservations for us to go, um, to some wineries cause there's actually some pretty good wineries, like about an hour or so outside of, um, Alexandria in Virginia. Um, there's like a wine trail. And so nice. on the way there, we'll stop at a winery and then, um, there's like barely anything in the little town, but there's like a few restaurants that are nice other than the one that's attached to the hotel. Um, and so uh, we're going to go to one of those on Friday. And then I got to sign up for a wine class at a winery. Um, and I got an appointment to get my hair done before we go to our fancy dinner. Oh, fun. Um, yeah. And on the way home, we're going to stop on Sunday. We're going to stop at a brewery. So we have a lot of fun stuff planned. Um, and on Halloween, I mean, I'll talk about this, I'm sure, in our upcoming things, but I booked for uh, me and some of my friends to have a, a virtual tarot reading <laughs> on Halloween, which I just think will be really fun. That will be really fun. Yeah. Uh, so fun. I that know. sounds like a great, uh, great couple days that you'll have yes. like, towards the end of the month. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Um, I always like, I, I don't know like how... Well, I know other people don't feel the same as me. I always get very excited leading up to a vacation. I love planning it. And then like 
as it comes time that it's going to be over, I get so sad. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it's done. Like, what do I do now? Like, I was planning that for so long. Um, and so I always feel like it's nice to have like more stuff on the horizon. Um, and uh, but it's interesting because I know like Brendan looks forward to going on trips, but like e- whether it's a short trip or a longer trip, like by the end of the trip, he's always like happy to go home. Like the last mm-hmm. day of a trip, we we always feel very differently. Like he's feeling like that was so nice. And like, I'm also looking, but I'm also looking forward to like getting back home. Like that'll be nice too. And I'm always like, home is terrible. Trips are better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, home, who wants to go there? Now we don't have any trips left. Like I'm always like mad. <laughs> that's really funny. Actually, that's super relatable because I feel like I'm more like you. And I think Danny's more like Brendan too. Yeah. Like I think he has moments where he's just like, all right, I'm good. I'm done. Like, depends on the trip. There are a few trips where I could tell he's like, no, let's just stay forever. Right. Like Hawaii. But yes. uh, but I think a lot of the time he's the same way. He's like, okay, I'm good to go home and, like, just sit on the couch and, like, have my... I think it's an, it, more of an introvert type thing. Like, yeah. they're both a little bit more introverted. I know that... Uh, we had a we've had a conversation about Danny talking or not talking a lot um once he knows you he's very chatty but yes yeah I think he's like he's on the more introverted spectrum than the two of us are and I think he just likes his like decompressing time um and I bet Brendan's similar yes yeah I feel like um on vacation just because a lot of especially if you go somewhere where you're like seeing things or doing things like it's a little more active. You're like up and out. I feel like when we go um, in December to St. Martin, which by the way, I'm getting my booster in two weeks. Ooh, exciting. I know. I got the email today being like, hey, come get your booster. And I was like, okay. So I just signed up for it. I don't know. I'm like the only person I know that has gotten like an email about the booster that's like in our age group, but whatever. Um, it's because so you're on campus. It. I guess so, but I'm... Yeah, I guess. Um, I think so. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I don't know that I ever told the state of Virginia that. Um, But anyway, whatever. I don't know why, but I'm getting my booster. So now I'm excited to go to St. Martin's because I'm like, I feel like very protected from this now. I know I probably could still get it. But I am feeling like pretty good about going, even though there's like a lot of COVID going on there. And we're just going to stay away from people and be outside and whatever. But um, I am curious to see on that vacation because it's so chill. Like we're doing like mm-hmm. nothing. I'm <laughs> curious to see like if, cause we really have never gone on a trip like that really. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see if like that will be the trip that Brendan's like, please don't make me go home. I want to stay here forever. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably if, uh, if our two guys are anything alike, that'll probably yes. be the case. Yeah. Like uh, where, the, where you're like literally doing nothing. Yep. Yep. But I get it. I'm the same way as you, though. I like to plan it. It's, like, so fun to plan. Then you get all excited. Then you go. And then you come back and you're like, what am I going to plan now? What am I, I going to do now? And it's like, immediately, I'm like, all right, well, trying to plan the next trip. Even if it's a year away, I got to start planning. <laughs> yes. Like, what is my life? Like, I must, I must do this. Like, and, and also, like, I just start to feel like, oh, like, now I need something. Not that, like, there's nothing to look forward to in regular life. But I really, I, I feel like we both, like, love traveling so there's always like something nice to look forward to even if it's just like a weekend or whatever but it is always just interesting because like I I like being at home it's not like I hate being here but like at all but it is like I'm never like oh like I'm never on vacation being like I miss my like I miss my house I want to go home I'm always like only two more days left of vacation 
we must savor <laughs> this. Like I'm always just like, like really in that headspace. So, um, totally. When all this is done, I'll be like, oh my gosh, looking forward to the next thing, which will be, uh, well, I'm I'm going to Philly for Thanksgiving, my cousin's wedding, but then it'll be St. Martin's is like really the big thing that I'm like planning for as a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you have something after this one because then you've got that. You'll like come home and be like, boo, that's done. But yay, St. Martin's is going to (laughs) happen. Yes, it will. So that's exciting. Um, what about you? What do you have going on? Um, we don't have any exciting like trip things planned. We are going to Florida for Thanksgiving, so that'll be a bit more of a trek. Uh, we've, we'll see if we do it, but we have this crazy idea of potentially taking the adventure cats with us. Ooh. Uh, we've actually talked about taking some extra days off and driving cross country and like doing like little adventure cat like hikes across the country <laughs> and I feel like we're getting a little bit too into this adventure cat idea I love it but it kind of sounds fun like I've always wanted this sounds I don't know maybe it's weird but I've always wanted to do a cross-country trip and just like drive and see things that I would never like randomly see just flying places yeah so and um <laughs> Danny's so attached to these kittens. It's hilarious. Like, he does not want to leave them. He's like, the idea of leaving them is, like, really, really upsetting him. Um, So, and I'm like, you know, we're going to be traveling in the future. And he was like, I know, but, like, (laughs) then they'll be older. So, like, maybe they'll be better. He's like, I just feel like they're too young to leave. They're just too young to leave. (laughs) (laughs) It's really funny. So, he just, like, can't handle how little they are and like leaving them alone and they're so little just he doesn't like it so he really wants them to come with us because he can't possibly be without them (laughs) well that's definitely (laughs) an adventure yeah yeah so we'll see we're gonna see kind of how they keep doing with our little trainings and stuff and outings and if they do well then we'll do it and I mean there's no real I mean I have a million points for hotels right now yeah and um and so I'm kind of like, there's really no reason not to, right? If we just do like eight hour or six hour bursts of driving, we can do it over, it'll be like six, seven days. But like I work remote anyway. So if we wanted to work sometime, I could still work a bit of it. Like, like there's really no reason not to. So we'll just see how the cats are yeah. doing and we'll decide as it gets a little bit closer. But yeah, we might have an adventure coming up too. Oh, that's fun. And adventure cats. I feel like just <laughs> having adventure cats. adventure cats makes you want to have more adventures, right? Because you have cats that like are now you have cats that are expecting adventures. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, we'll see. We'll see. They're still like very early in the process of becoming adventure cats, but so far so good. <laughs> I feel like it's like giving me like like rescue rangers flashbacks like <laughs> i feel like they need like a little theme a little song, song. <laughs> uh i'm not good at writing songs but if someone wants to write a kona yeah. and ray adventure cat song i would play it on this podcast kona and ray adventure cats like it's like something like that because oh the, my god i mean i used to watch a lot of rescue rangers my brother loved rescue <laughs> rangers so i know all about those chipmunks saving people and playing 
flying planes and you know, the, your cats could do the same. Yeah, I uh I don't know if they'll be like I don't know. I can't imagine them flying planes, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> Patricia, and they I seem to be <laughs> <laughs> I don't and know I why imagine. you think they can't. You're really limiting their adventures. <laughs> I know, I know, but I also imagine they'll be more likely to be killing bugs and things along the way than trying yeah. to save anybody. That's true, um, but that's okay. It's still fun. <laughs> that is very true. I agree. Well, that's exciting. I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy that you're having so many adventures, and you're having cats that have so many adventures. <laughs> yes thrilling. it will be it'll be fun so i'll keep you posted if we decide to do this cross-country like intense adventure cat experience uh everyone will definitely hear that update and awesome. know if it has turned us away from wanting adventure cats or if it's charged us ahead to be full-blown adventure cat people <laughs> i'm so we will see your your evolution into <laughs> full-on I don't know. Like, I'm just picturing, like, I don't know, like, nature gear. Like, I have this whole, like, vision in my mind of you all wearing, like, khaki color, like, <laughs> outfits. Like, like I don't know. Like, the outfit I used to have when I worked at Outback Steakhouse. Like, <laughs> no. No, not quite. I mean, we have, like, one of the backpacks we bought for that because, like, they're little, like, if they get tired or something like that and we can't, and they're not going to be walking, like we'll need to put them in a little carrier. So you like these b- carrier backpacks and one of them's hot pink. So I don't think we're going to be like yeah. Outback Steakhouse people, okay. but <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> It'll still be very like, I'll still be wearing leggings and things, yes. things that I normally wear for now, but for now we'll see. Maybe I'll suddenly convert to maybe you will a very different type of hiker, but I don't know adventurer. if that's true. <laughs> I don't know if I'm there, but anyways, on, I'm trying to think of a good transition. I'm gonna, oh, so as I lead the adventure cats on a yes. journey, yes. how should I be compassionate to myself in my leadership journey? Look at this. You did it. That was magnificent. Um, well, let me tell you how you might want to show some self-care to yourself as you're leading your cats on their adventures Um, because (laughs) it is a rough road to be a leader of adventure cats. Um, So the article is called when leader self-care begets other care leader roles, self-compassion and helping at work. It was just published in the journal of applied psychology like right now. And it's by Lanaj Jennings, Ashford and Krishnan. Um, And basically what they're interested in understanding is how leaders showing themselves self-compassion with regard to the difficulties of their role um, can actually make them strengthen in their identity as a leader, which then might motivate them to do more leader-related behaviors that might have some positive consequences for how people view them at work. So the idea is that Self-compassion kind of creates this unfolding um, series of sort of both internal feelings in the leader that wouldn't have otherwise existed and then actions that they do towards their followers that help them to maybe be viewed more positively um, by folks at work. I love that. That's so interesting. So, well, I want you to dive in right in. I was going to ask a question, but I think I need more context before I do that. 
Yeah. So basically they were talking about this idea that being a leader is really hard. And even though being a leader is kind of an honor and it's really cool to be asked to be a leader, there are some things about leading that are really stressful. And I'm sure we can all think of times when we were asked to lead things that, you know, of course it's, it's nice to be asked to take on those responsibilities. And there are some positive things about being a leader, but, um, it can be difficult to, uh, navigate being a leader from a day-to-day perspective. And so this article is suggesting that something that leaders can do in order to, um, sort of give themselves a tool for helping navigate that become more simple is to practice self-compassion, which is the idea of sort of looking at yourself in a supportive, kind, and non-judgmental way. And they're specifically looking at it in relation to the challenges that you face as a leader. So um, I know that we've talked before about mindfulness, and there's a specific kind of mindfulness called like loving compassion. Mindfulness where you focus on compassionate thoughts towards yourself and sometimes towards others. Um, and so that's very broad. In this paper, they're actually making it more specific where they're encouraging um, and using an intervention to have leaders think about the challenges that they face in a more self-supportive, self kind and not judgmental of yourself way. So I, this is super interesting to me. Like I can just see even without the results of this, that doing that, like thinking about yourself as a leader more compassionately can have such an impact because like, you're right. It can be really hard. And sometimes one of your team members is really struggling and maybe you made a wrong decision about something and that impacts people. And that can feel crappy, right? Like it doesn't feel good when there's problems that you can't overcome that easily or you've made a mistake. Um, but having grace with yourself, I could see how that would make such a big difference Yeah, as to how you function moving forward. Yeah. And, and they used a couple different variations of having people demonstrate this self-compassion. So just to give a sense, because I think it can be hard sometimes like for people listening to think of like, okay, what are you talking about when you're saying show yourself self-compassion? So I'll just tell you what their conceptualization is so you can get a sense of what they are asking people to do and then seeing whether it impacts. They're asking people once a day to engage in a reflection where they write um, and uh, uh, basically in like a paragraph, they write in response to a prompt that asks them to think about times that they were understanding or patient to themselves when they were experiencing challenges. So an example, while there were many variations of this, an example is, uh, please recall a time in which you were understanding and patient towards yourself when experiencing challenges at work because of your role as a leader. In two to five sentences, describe the situation, what happened, and how you felt. So they're asking people to really reflect on a time that they faced a challenge But when they showed themselves understanding and patience as a reminder um, that self-compassion is possible and probably 
preferable, right? Um, there are other versions of this that they had in here. Um, like, please recall a time in which you were kind and compassionate to yourself when experiencing hardships at work. Please recall a time when you gave yourself caring and tenderness you needed when going through a hard time at work. So it's all about this idea of showing kind of acceptance and caring towards yourself when you're going through difficulty in the workplace. Did they give any examples of what people said or probably not, but just curious? Uh, no, they didn't give uh, uh, many examples of what people said in here. Um, they did uh, compare this to other forms of interventions that I'll get into um, to show that folks um, were specifically impacted by thinking about their leader role in a self-compassionate way and not just thinking about their leader role or thinking about self-compassion more broadly. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. So it is interesting to think that you're just reflecting on a time where you were compassionate with yourself. So I wonder if there's like, well, I don't know. I'll let you dive into the study, but part of me is thinking like if I was to be going through a hard time and I think back to another time where I was having a hard time and how I was kind to myself about it, I'd probably also think about how I got through it, mm -hmm. which probably is a piece of it too, right? It's like not only was I kind to myself, but like I did it and I was fine. Yeah. And so you're fine even if you made a mistake now or you're fine even in this hard situation. Like you're going to be okay. Like you are, you know, you're dealing with some stuff, but it's going to be okay and, you know, you're going to get through it too. I think there's a piece of that maybe in there too. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right that part of it is uh, like – getting grounded in the idea that showing yourself compassion is possible and good. Um, it also helps you to realize that like challenges and hardships happen when you're a leader. And to your point that there are ways of showing yourself kindness that help you to get through it. That when you're in a similar scenario or potentially in a similar scenario, remembering like, Oh, I used to be in this other scenario. I showed myself kindness. And you know, that means that, not only can I get through it, but I could do that again. And it doesn't make me any worse of a leader that I accept that I'm going through a hard time or that I give myself the time to cope with that by recognizing that it happens and that this is a, an effective way or this is, this is a way that you can cope with it um, helps people to actually um, potentially apply that moving forward. Um, what they looked at here was the extent to which that makes you feel grounded in seeing yourself as a leader. So what they found, and I think this gets to uh, the link that you're talking about too, when leaders reflected on times when they showed kindness or caring or acceptance to themselves when they were going through a hardship, um, it grounded them in um, feeling more like they could claim a leader identity. So they were more likely to answer questions like, I see myself as a leader highly. Um, after they went through this self-compassion piece. So it kind of, uh, to your point, part of what could be happening is that it reminds you that you can get through hard times. And just because you need this kindness and compassion doesn't mean that you're any less of a leader. In fact, that may be something that's necessary. It makes it more normative that challenges come and that you can show yourself kindness and forgiveness and get over it, move through it, and you can do it, to your point. Yeah, I think I feel like you're speaking directly to me right now. I feel <laughs> like I've had some challenges recently and uh, 
like I feel like I'm listening to this and I'm just like oh I should really take a moment and be like you know what like I've done some really good things yeah and it's okay if there's a hard moment so uh anyways sorry it just feels very no, relevant to me <laughs> no I'm happy I, and I I kind of liked it um too because it does have a very practical bent to it I think that it's a an easy thing to implement um and intervene um and so yeah it's basically a reminder that the risks that come along with leading are part of the experience and despite the fact that these hardships come with being a leader that you can overcome them you can succeed um and it kind of normalizes those risks um and helps people to um want to keep moving forward it motivates people to continue saying okay I can be a leader and also it gives people um the idea that they have the capacity to be comfortable in not always knowing the answers because that's okay and that they can show themselves this kindness like they did before um and that that might help buoy them through this hard time as it has previously so um, so this is, uh, sort of the primary, um, sort of mechanism that they're proposing internally in the leader is then occurring. So you practice this self-compassion exercise, you do the self-compassion exercise, um, reflecting on, you know, times that you've shown yourself kindness during hardships as a leader. Then you are, uh, feeling strengthened in your leader identity. And when you feel more identified with being a leader, you're more likely to act like a leader. So they have sort of two things here that they measured. Um, the extent to which people helped with task-related issues and the extent to which people helped with personal issues, uh, the people that are following them. Um, and so they uh, measured, uh, and this was an experience sampling um, study as well. Um, so they, that means that they asked people multiple times a day. Um, so they asked uh, leaders to do this intervention in the morning. And then in the afternoon, they asked them about their um, identity. Um, and they asked the um, coworkers, uh, uh, the folks that report to these leaders, uh, to rate them on um, their uh, 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 competence and civility, their perceptions of the leader as a result of these helping um, and task-related uh, personal uh, helping and task related helping uh, that were measured in the afternoon. So um, the leader reported on the extent to which they helped. And then the coworker said, do I see my leader more positively now? Do I think that they're more competent and more civil? I love that they actually asked the direct reports. I think that's important. Yeah. So that it's not just, yeah, I love, I'm sorry. I just, I wanted to comment on that because I think it's really important that we're not just saying, oh, well, I feel like I did more things. Right. But other people are actually noticing behavioral differences from a simple self-compassion exercise. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so the interesting thing about this is that task-related helping, which were items like, um, Today, I went out of my way to help one or more coworkers who asked for my help with work-related problems versus personal helping, which is like I help somebody who asked for my help with their personal problems and worries. When leaders said they did more personal helping, that's what actually led to higher perceptions of competence and civility. The task part didn't really work in their model. So what they oh. basically found, which is kind of interesting, right? And they were saying 
maybe people sort of expect that leaders are going to do their tasks, but when they're noticing that people are going more out of their way to like relate, that that's something that like registers more like, oh, this is a really good leader. This is a really kind leader and a caring leader, right? Um, so what they basically found was that this self-compassion exercise led to strengthen leader identity, which led people to do more of uh, both of these things. Um, but that the uh, helping was the personal helping was related to the outcomes, uh, but the task related wasn't. Um, so it seems like the main message here is that this self-compassion helps people to feel more strengthened in their idea that they can be a leader, which leads them to do more leader-like stuff. But specifically, this personal helping, uh, helping people with their problems and worries seems to be the thing that enhances people's perceptions um, at work. That's fascinating. But I think there is something to this point of, you know, leaders, yeah, they need to help with the task stuff. The, the leaders that are really there for you and understand you and make it personalized to you and care about you, I think, have a very different type of impact on individuals. And I think people really respond to those types of leaders, right? They're people that you want to follow. They're people that you want to be associated with and that you feel valued. And I can see how an increase in that would be way bigger than an increase in the task stuff. Uh, Because a lot of times, like, yes, of course, it's nice to get help when there's a task-related problem. But I think more often than not, the issues that people face that they want their leaders help with tend to be more like interpersonal or, you know, managing their workload and work-life balance and things like that, that can be really tricky to do in certain work environments. So, but and while the task stuff is probably, depending on the, the person, but most people, most employees are doing their jobs at least fairly well. You know, they might be able to to skirt by with a little bit less help there, but might need more help on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of their take is that, you know, you stand out as a leader as being particularly competent and civil when you're not just like, I do my job, but I also care about you as people. Um, And so while uh, the leader role self-compassion did lead people to do more helping of both types, so leaders were... Uh, reporting they were doing more of both types of helping because they were strengthened in their leader identity. Um, Only the um, personal issues led to the um, subordinates having more positive views, right? So so I think that's interesting. And they did do another study where they compared um, this intervention with um, a general self-compassion intervention and a general uh, like recall of times that you experience challenges. So my guess is that the reviewers on this paper said, is this really about leader self-compassion or is this just a general self-compassion intervention where you think of a time that you are understanding and patient towards yourself when you experience challenges, but not necessarily about being a leader? Or is this about a time when you experience challenges and you're thinking about, okay, um, is this just about me feeling like I can overcome challenges or is this really about me thinking about, oh, you know, um, 
I can overcome those challenges by showing myself kindness and forgiveness. And what they found was that leader identity was most strengthened in the leader role, self-compassion reflection compared to just having people reflect on times they face challenges or just having them reflect broadly in life about times they showed themselves kindness. So there's something specific about this type of intervention for leaders that strengthens their leader identity in particular. I mean, it makes sense, right? I think it's a good test. I think it's important that that was tested and um, kind of getting to that point earlier where it's like, is it about whether or not you can overcome challenges because you're just thinking about pre like post, you know, previous challenges after the fact. Yep. Um, and that I think is addressed in the second study. So I think it's really important, but it makes a lot of sense that asking people to really focus on the leadership would strengthen their identity, right? Mm-hmm. It's like now I'm focusing on a specific problem that has to do with leadership that I was a leader in, that I then showed myself compassion, that, you know, even though it was hard, I was, I did a good job as a leader, I'm okay, whatever. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense that, that would really be the thing to drive that strength in leader identity because you're now really thinking about a very leader-focused thing. Yeah. So... It makes a lot of sense. And that compassion piece, I think, is really, um, it's just like an interesting layer to that. It's like now I'm thinking about myself as a leader, but I'm also thinking about all these compassionate things, which then might make me want to be better at my leadership. And I'm thinking of myself as like a good leader, not just any leader, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like really owning my leader identity. So um, when we just have people think about like, hey, tell me about a hard time that you had as a leader, that doesn't work. When we say tell me about a time in your life or anywhere that you were understanding towards yourself. That doesn't work the same way. It's really like something was hard, but I was able to show myself kindness that I needed. And that makes me feel like, okay, I am a leader. I can be a leader. And now I'm going to be more of a leader. I'm going to act more like a leader and people are going to see me as more of a leader, which is kind of cool. So the self-compassion exercise has an impact both on what you're doing and on how people view you, which is important on the job. Um, And one other interesting thing uh, that they found in the study was that this was particularly effective for lower level employees. So for folks who uh, have been around in the workplace uh, managing or leading people for less of a uh, period of time, this was particularly helpful for them to reflect um, Mm. on uh, and and take part in this leader self-compassion intervention was particularly helpful for people who are less experienced Um, or uh, maybe not even less experienced, but the way that they measured it was um, that individuals have less discretion over salary or bonus allocation. They have less authority over hiring and firing, less influence over decisions that affect others and less power in the organization. So Mm -hmm. kind of the, the lower ranked the person is, the more it helps them. Yeah, so like a more of a lower level manager mm-hmm. or supervisor of some sort. Yep. And that's that's actually really interesting uh, because, you know, I'm now reflecting on a problem I had as a leader and about how I was compassionate to myself. I wonder if there's like a piece like look at how kind I was to myself, what kind of a good leader I was even to myself and that, you know, how, that, how that's helped me through and just showing myself that grace. But I also wonder like... I'm very, I wish we could unpack it further. Maybe somebody will one day. Like, what is it about the compassion piece that really does this, that really drives this uh, increase in leader identity? Because I, I have a feeling that if you're, you've been a leader for 
well, you're a lower level leader, so you're not as senior of a leader from a hierarchical perspective, you might identify less as a leader just in general mm-hmm. because you probably are kind of a player coach, you know, doing some work and leading. You're less of a like my entire role is decision making and delegation and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so you probably don't see yourself in that same leader way as much as some of those senior level folks. So really taking that time and reflecting on the compassion towards yourself as a leader is really fascinating how that impacts your identity. Yeah. Um, And in the same vein, as you were saying, they were kind of saying maybe they need more of that reinforcement that they are a leader. Um, And so it, you know, helps make those relations stronger because um, the boost is more meaningful to them than people who already kind of view themselves that way. Um, yeah. And they were also saying that, you know, uh, folks who are a lower level leader um, may actually, uh, you know, have less reinforcement for claiming their leader identity. Uh, they may have less uh, practice in uh, in doing this to like weather challenges and so they might need this self-compassion um intervention more to be able to give them like the bolstering that they need to say that they can get through it um so those were some of the um things that they brought up uh as possibility for why but they also said that future research should continue to explore it so um but yeah that's basically uh what they found in their primary takeaway was that in organizations especially for leaders with lower uh, power uh, that these interventions are pretty good to put in place um, and that, you know, reinforcing self-compassion from the top down, but also specifically focusing on putting these interventions in place um, for, uh, you know, first line managers uh, could be a really impactful way to get people to claim their leader identity. And then that might have some really positive outcomes on, how they enact leader behaviors, but also how others view them. Yeah. I'm thinking about like a lot of organizations have some sort of leader meetings once a month, once a quarter, once a week, whatever it is that this could be a good place to be like, all right, let's start off our leader meeting with this little exercise. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, super simple, super easy to do. Gets leaders thinking about themselves as leaders before you talk about topics relevant to leaders. So I think that there's just a lot that you can get out of that, right? Because people's leader identity is going to improve. They'll be probably engaged in the conversation more just from the fact that they're now thinking of themselves as a leader. And then they walk away from that meeting and are doing these like helpful behaviors so that their employees really feel um, they've got a good leader on their side. So I think it could be a really cool intervention in these types of leader meetings that you see across organizations yeah yeah and I think so too that's one of the things they suggested and the other thing that they suggest is that senior leaders when lower level managers are going through a hard time that instead of taking like a toughen up or I don't want to hear about an attitude that senior leaders should help them to say you know well, you know, show yourself some kindness, like you're doing your best. Or, you know, I remember times when I did that, uh, I felt like I was going through a hard time and I showed myself some grace and, you know, that helped me to get through it. And that kind of like role modeling could really help people to even just in the moment, take a pause to reflect on that. So they suggested the formal piece, but also that we could create an informal culture around it. 
Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And then now we have leaders that are feeling better. They're feeling kinder towards themselves. And now we see employees are feeling better. So that just like impacts everyone yeah. in a big win, win, win everywhere. Yep, absolutely. All the wins. <laughs> All the wins. Yep. So that's it. That's what they That's what they wrote about. Thanks for sharing that. I thought that was really interesting. I don't think we, as I mentioned before, I don't think we always talk about what leaders can do for themselves. Yeah. And so I really like this. And, you know, it is important that everyone shows themselves some compassion. And it's really interesting to see this unique impact on leadership. So thank you for sharing it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to it. Of course. And for all of our listeners out there, thank you for listening. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, feedback. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at workerbeing.com. You can find us on our website, workerbeing.com. You can find us also on social, on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter at workerbeing, plus our brand new YouTube channel. So go check that out. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabarek and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Mm-hmm.